Hi everyone, this is Nikki Papayuanu and I'm your host of Superstar PR. This is season five and I promise you the best guests we've ever had because I've gone around the world and I found people that fascinate me to no end and I'm introducing them to you. Have a listen and thanks for joining us. Hi everyone, welcome to Superstar PR season five. Um, I'm so excited about today's guest because she's the morning editor from Mary Claire uh, US and she does celebrity and royal news coverage and I follow it. And she does really cool freelance writing on fashion and beauty and all things wellness, which is probably how I found her. And she does copywriting and fiction writing. Eddie Skolstein, welcome to Superstar PR. Thank you for having me. Well, I think it's an exciting time to have you here because there's so many things I want to ask you. So, I mean, you know, we've we've heard a lot about like Black Lives Matter and the movement of people and diverse stories coming to the forefront. But I want to ask you, does does diverse content right now translate into what people are reading for you? Diverse in terms of the subjects covered as in? Yeah, diverse people like people of color, ethnicities, when you do stories about them, do you see the same kind of results? Um, it's hard to tell in terms of celebrity because actually what performs the best is is sort of royal news. And I guess the only diversity you get there is, is sort of Meghan and Harry's family. Oh. And I'm not really seeing the analytics on, on other pieces I do on a freelance basis. So it's really hard to tell. Um, However, I do think people are responding better now to inclusivity and content. I think there's a long way to go. I think a lot of people are really interested in in hearing diverse perspective and and hearing themselves represented in in the content that's that's everywhere on the internet. But you still get so much prejudice. You still get so many people being like, oh, like, you know, these liberal snowflakes are, are at it again. So I don't know if that answers your question, but. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I like the liberal snowflakes. I've never heard that. <laughs> that was awesome. Okay. So um, I think you might also see on in your end of things that bad news right now trends highly. Just a lot of bad news is circulating in the media. And I want to know, in your opinion, what can people do to manage just the influx of bad news? I think at the same time that you get all of that bad news, there's so much focus on mental health. Um, and I think what I've found really interesting in learning about my own mental health and then learning how to how to cope with, with this world that's really at you all the time. And there's always things happening and it's loud and it's, it's a lot for anyone. Um, I think it's just really important to turn inward um, and, and you're seeing that with people, you know, touting like meditation and meditation, not medication, um, and, and yoga and all these things that are designed to calm and to reconnect you with your, your mind and body. And I think when we have so much input from the outside at all times, you know, it's not necessarily that there is more bad news at the moment. It's just that we're hearing it all at the same time and nobody is built to like handle that so it's just really important to be able to tune out and you know have conversations with yourself and what's what you really want you know what what really feels good to you in that moment 
so that then you're able to turn outward and you know and help maybe with with the things you really care about um but also not have your mental health like destroyed by all the unhappiness in the world that you know why that's a really good point you make um and I like the slip on meditation and medication because that's like how I I'm all about meditation but my sister works in pharmaceutical sales so we we fight about this a lot um let me ask you how did you manage COVID how did your world change well it's funny because I mean you know we're still in COVID and there's there's been so many different phases of it um the first lockdown and I I think I've heard this from a lot of people even though it was really tough I'm, I'm going to focus on people, you know, in, in my particular circumstances, because I just can't speak to people who don't have, you know, um, such like fortunate surroundings. I, the fact that I, you know, had a safe home and I didn't get like really ill and, and all this stuff. So I'm, I'm going to focus on that experience. Um, I found it kind of nice. Um, I'm a bit of an introvert and I had these really structured days and I really thrive on that. Um, you know, I was doing a writing group in the morning, I was doing my work, and then I was doing a workout class in the evening, then I was, you know, hanging out with my roommate, like watching movies and learning TikTok dances and all this stuff. I made, um, I made like dumplings from scratch with all the little cases and, and all this stuff. But I think by the time 2021 rolled around, um, it got really tough. I can't, I, I can't really pinpoint what was different at that stage but I just felt very unhappy um you know the weather in the UK at that point was a lot worse than it had been the year before um which never helps and and then at that point it just felt like endless because you know we just started giving people vaccines and but yet we were still in another lockdown so I, I think it was it felt a lot harder to like have hope at that point um and I think that just really impacted people in really kind of subtle ways because I I just don't know exactly what happened because it looked like all the circumstances were the same (laughs) but I get it but you you say like you know as time dragged on people lost hope and I don't think that's unlike what Canadians went through Um, one of my clients is an ICU doctor and he said for him he saw nurses break down eight months into it and then after that they just had to keep going nobody was interested really they just had to keep going And he said, Nikki, it was hard because I'd see one of the strongest nurses in the world have a breakdown in the closet. And I realized that we were, we were pushed, we were leaning so heavily on these people, but they're just humans. Something you said earlier that I also really liked is you said, it's not natural to hear bad news at the, the way we're hearing it. If we tune into regular kind of media. And I remember once staring at the TV and seeing a shooting in Dubai. And that's when it occurred to me, like, I can't be concerned about that also. Yeah. You make a good point. Okay. So I love the TikTok dances and, you know, um, I tried to learn the Jerusalem TikTok dance, that little yeah. soccer song. And my yeah. son said, no mummy. No. <laughs> Can I try? No mummy. And he's four. Not cool mummy. Uh, okay. Let me ask you. I know that Roe versus Wade is, is a moment in a political moment in the U.S., but I want to ask you if you feel the reverberations around the world. I think everyone, you know, who may need or may have had an abortion in the past or in the future at any point in their life is scared by it. 
you know, it's not going to be anywhere near as as scary for someone who it's not directly impacting um, through law right now. But these things have consequences. You know, they start conversations about, you know, all the wrong things and they start, you know, backwards movements. And for me, I think what's scariest about it is the fact that um, these politicians don't really care about abortion. Like, that's not their issue. Like, this is about inflicting harm on people who can get pregnant um they know that this is gonna harm people it's gonna you know kill people gonna you know stop people from getting the care they need so that's what's scary to me it's sort of seeing how someone can know how much they're going to ruin people's lives and be able to live with themselves making that decision and I think that's a scary trend if it is a trend. I mean, it certainly is in, in America with rights being stripped back left and right, but that has, you know, that also is going to happen in the rest of the world if we if we let this trend continue. No, it's a good point you made. Um, it's someone said to me, it's it's like, is she my neighbor? She's a senior. She said, Oh dear, it's like we're talking about things that my generation thought we had done for you and they're being undone. It's like, oh well, that's a she's like, that was our fight. Why is it a fight again? Okay, so Reese, now I want to ask you a question that stumps everybody, okay? But first of all, I'll ask you about your favorite UK designer right now, because I love I love UK fashion. I don't know that I have one, um, but because I write so much Kate Middleton content, um, I want to say uh, Amelia Wickstead is a really, she does some really cool stuff. Um, it's quite expensive, but, um, but yeah, I think it's really, really sort of beautiful and like these sort of pure lines and um it's that it's quite simple but very well very well done okay so I'm gonna check out that designer because you know I'm I'm a little stuck on Stella McCartney <laughs> um let me ask you when you started writing what was the impetus like why how did you know that writing was for you you know I mean I think it's pretty common a pretty common backstory but I, I like it was the only solution you know it was like when I was a child, I would write sort of little stories and I, it was always my creative writing was always my favorite thing in school. And I was always reading, um, sometimes instead of talking to people, um, <laughs> and <laughs> I think it makes for, for good adults. I'm okay with it. Um, and, and then you know, my favorite thing was reading magazines. Like I would subscribe to these different magazines, you know, it would be like children's magazines. And then it was Glamour and Cosmo very quickly, like age 12. And it was kind of what just brought me the most joy. And I felt like just this need to, to like participate in that. You know, it's funny. Um, I, my sister and I have this running joke that a few magazines and a coffee can cure any moment. And so we agree there. So I, I did the same thing as a young person and I really admire the journey that, I mean, you just did something that made you happy then and you're still doing it now. That's pretty cool. Okay. Let me ask you now, um, lunch with anyone dead or alive. I tried not to overthink this. Um, but I think it would have to be Harry Styles. Um, just because I think he's just so nice. I just think he'd like put me at ease. I think he'd have 
tons of good stories. I think he'd be funny, but also just not like a horrible famous person. <laughs> um, I think he's nice, you know, I think that's the most important thing. I would agree with you. Um, I've seen him open a concert and he was so lovely. And I was like, oh, Harry, you know, like, I think I'm a fan now too. Um, okay. So I guess my final question is right now in your life, last question is who inspires you? Can I give you a long-winded answer? Yes. <laughs> um, I think I'm kind of at an in interesting period in my life now where, um, you know, in like kind of early adulthood, you kind of think you know everything and you're like social justice warrior or whatever. I mean, I never was really, but you know, you're sort of like, I'm so dedicated to this one thing. And like, I know everything about it. And all these old people are so stupid. And I think I'm at a possibly more interesting time in my life when um, I'm trying really hard, you know, I still think really highly of myself and my opinions, but I think it's, um, I'm better able to, to listen to anyone and everyone and to be able to see other perspectives and to be inspired by what I'm inspired by, just everything, um, you know, a quote from someone. Um, uh, I have to, I write this newsletter where I have to find a quote every week and that's always an interesting perspective and they're always really different. And then just, you know, reading an interview, I love reading celebrity interviews, um, but, for a concrete answer, uh, I've been, because I, my mental health has been pretty bad over the past year, um, I've been turning a lot to kind of spiritual teachers. Um, and I, uh, one that I really, really like is uh, Cheryl Paul. She's a, an anxiety specialist um, and she's just really wise. You know, she seems like She's kind of, she's a, she's a healer. <laughs> oh, um, Sharon Paul with a P? Uh, Cheryl Paul, yeah. Cheryl Paul, okay. Um, that would be Paul <laughs> in, in. Paul. Yeah. When you say your mental health is bad, you know, some, I had a journalist say to me recently, she's like, okay, before we do anything else, how's your mental health? <laughs> I was like, oh, that's mm -hmm. an honest question. Um, what do you think has contributed to you feeling just like this is all like anxiety causing? Honestly, I think I, I got into a relationship for the first time in my life. And I, even though I didn't know I was doing this, I think I had really built walls around myself and I'd really kind of been like, I don't need anyone. Like people leave, like I don't need to rely on anyone. And I think like having to rely on someone or having to, you know, really fully trust someone in this way, in the in the way that you really only do in in an intimate relationship, um, kind of really broke me apart. I was I just like didn't really know how to deal with it. Um, so yeah, <laughs> good job. Um, can I just can I just tell you? I don't know how old you are, but this is like a level of awareness. I think a lot of young women don't have. And there's no guidebook on how to be in a relationship. So, I mean, there's a running joke in my world that I'm like Cupid in people's ear when they're on dates. But if you ever want to have this conversation again, we can, because matters of the heart seem to be the only area I excel in. Yeah. I, I mean, I've 
learned a lot but I, I guess I kind of had to like I was just doing really badly so I had to like I had to climb out and yes. but it's been really interesting I mean I've learned more than perhaps at any other time in my life so so yeah <laughs> good job and I have a quote for you okay because okay. I collect quotes myself how about this one well I'm gonna leave you with this one and if you like it you'll tell me just let it be easy and that's by Hannah Khan she's a mentor in Toronto but she says let it be easy and sometimes it's so much easier than we think that yeah that resonates so much um something like a little silly that I like and you know I don't I definitely want to don't want anyone to feel um patronized by this but I it does help me it's kind of like sometimes you're in a bad mood or you feel depressed or you know or you're just having a bad day nothing's going right um and sometimes a lot of the time like humans are so simple like you just need a glass of orange juice like you're a bit dehydrated you need a little sugar <laughs> some vitamin. Um, <laughs> sentiment you know (laughs) no you're so right sometimes it's simple and um you know I'm a mom and I can see when little people start frowning I get a snack out everyone's happy again they're like little ducks that have snacks so it's funny I offer adult snacks all the time I'm like the publicist with snacks on my pocket I'm like you just need a snack we'll get you some raisins you'll be fine (laughs) where can everybody follow you on social yeah um so they'll definitely need to read this but um it's just my first name last name um on twitter and instagram brilliant thank you for joining me on my oddly named podcast superstar pr you are lovely (laughs) and i hope you and i connect again i feel like you might be writing a book for me one day (laughs) and have a beautiful afternoon thank you so much Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Superstar PR, the podcast. This is season five, and we hope you've enjoyed listening. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know how you like this episode. 